0: Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're talking about today is cholesterol, and this is a big question I get all the time when I see patients on our website. People send us questions through the website, drjoe.com. Uh, when we do certain co- shows, when we do call-ins, people will call in. So cholesterol is a hot topic, and a lot of people are on cholesterol medication. Don't stop your cholesterol medication, but let's see if we can get you well enough so that you don't need those medications. Now, it's important, that the lifestyle changes we just talked about should not be abandoned just because you're taking medication. Once again, I keep telling you, let's get you well so you don't need the medication. Many patients say, well, I'm taking statin drugs anyway. Why do I have to change my diet? My cholesterol is normal. Because you're not getting to the cause of the problem. And as we'll talk about in a second, statin drugs have side effects. Statin drugs work in two ways. One, they block the enzyme that helps you produce cholesterol in the liver. And they activate the receptors for low-density lipoproteins in your liver cells so that more cholesterol can be captured from your blood and recycled. So they work two different ways. For years, it's been believed that it's more or less a straight line between cholesterol and heart disease. But recent research suggests this relationship may not be a straight line. High cholesterol, high heart disease, maybe not. 2017, Minneapolis Heart Foundation study, published in the Journal of the American Medical Heart Association, found that many people who have heart attacks, don't have high cholesterol. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? The link between cholesterol and heart disease is weak. Statin drugs do lower levels of arteriosclerosis, but progress due to factors like age, poor diet, smoking, and so on, really need to be addressed. When it comes to your heart health, the biggest risk factor is age. Older you get, higher the risk. To so keep your risk from high, uh, of high cholesterol as low as possible and your heart as healthy as you can for as long as you can, you want to eat real food. When I say real food, unprocessed foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Exercise regularly. Now, when I say exercise, simplest thing you can do, walk 10,000 steps a day. That's the equivalent of 20 minutes of aerobic exercise. Take the stairs, park far away and walk. Uh, walk around uh, if you're at home, clean the house, do gardening. You don't have to necessarily just walk for no reason. My grandfather, German, uh, ger- my German grandfather, big mountain of a man. When I was in high school, I played football and hockey and I, 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 I worked out. And my grandfather would make fun of me. And he'd say with his German accent, "Ugh, you want muscles, here's a shovel, go dig a hole. There's a lot of truth to that. Here I was moving weights from one place to another with absolutely nothing to show for it. Now, what he said was, go dig a hole. You're using more muscles, you're using different muscles, and something happens when you're done. So if you don't like going to the gym, which I'm not a big gym rat, I don't like going to the gym, is you can just do things to get productivity, like, I don't know, clean your house, wash your car, go work in the garden. Don't smoke. If you smoke, again, we talked about that earlier, you really got to get that under control, get the blood pressure under control. So now that we've defined good and bad cholesterol, it, is, uh, it has to be said that there's actually only one type of cholesterol. So, I know I how to give you the explanation and then come to this. It combines with other fats and proteins to be carried through your blood system. And since fat and our watery blood do not mix well, fatty substances therefore must be shuttled uh, in and out of the tissues and cells using proteins. So if it's just fat, it doesn't get used very well. Low-density lipoproteins, the bad cholesterol, and HDLs, the good cholesterol, are, the form, uh, are forms of proteins that are far more than just being cholesterol. In fact... We now know that there are many types of these fats and protein particles. LDL and HDLs were, what we thought they were, is a lot more than that. LDL particles come in a lot of sizes. There's VLDLs, very low-density lipoproteins, large HDL uh, uh, particles. They're not really a problem, the big ones. Only the sm- so-called small, dense LDL particles can potentially cause problems because what they do is they squeeze through the lining of your arteries And if they oxidize or go bad or go rancid, they can cause damage and inflammation. Thus, you might say that good LDLs and the bad LDLs um, have made up of the same thing, but the small ones are the ones that cause the problem. Also, the HDLs, the big ones, are better, uh, better than others. Knowing just your total cholesterol tells you very little. Even knowing your LDL and HDL levels are not telling you very much. Because it's not the cholesterol floating around in the blood that's bad. It's the cholesterol stuck to the artery walls. So if you have high cholesterol, but none of it's stuck to the artery walls, you're in probably pretty good shape. If you have low cholesterol, but a lot of it is stuck to the artery walls, it becomes a problem. So before we continue, I really want to get, uh, get your mind around this concept. In the United States, the idea that cholesterol is evil is very much ingrained in most people's minds. But this has been very, it's a harmful myth, that needs to be put to rest once and for all. First and foremost, cholesterol is a vital component of every cell membrane on earth. In other words, there's no life on earth that you can't have cholesterol, animal cells. And that will automatically tell you that if, if in and of itself, it can't be evil because every animal cell has it and it's not, it is one of our best friends and we would not be here without it. That's why lowering cholesterol too much increases one's risk of dying. So you can have too low cholesterol. Cholesterol is also a precursor to a lot of our steroid hormones. It, you cannot have things like estrogen, testosterone, cortisone, uh, and a host of other vital hormones without cholesterol. Vitamin D and cholesterol. Let's talk about this. I talk about vitamin D a lot. You probably are aware of the incredible influence vitamin D has on your health. If you listened to my shows before, you know I'm a big fan of vitamin D. The UVB rays from the sun interact with cholesterol on your skin and convert it to vitamin D. Bottom line, if your cholesterol level is too low, you will not be able to use the sun to generate significant levels of vitamin D. So even if you're out in the sun, you're getting enough sun, you're getting enough UVB rays, if you don't have uh, normal cholesterol levels, you're not going to get a good result. uh, So consider the role of good, the HDL cholesterol, uh, 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 and what it does. HDL takes cholesterol from your body's tissues and arteries and brings it back to the liver. We talked about that earlier, but some people just tune in halfway through shows. Most of your cholesterol is produced in the liver. If the purpose of this was to eliminate cholesterol from your body, it would make sense that the cholesterol would be shuttled out of your body, like other things, through your kidneys, through your intestines, and so your body could remove it. Instead, it goes back to your liver. Why? Because your liver is going to reuse your cholesterol. It is taking it back to your liver so that your liver can recycle it. Put it back into other particles that can be taken to the tissues and cells that need it. So your body's trying to make and conserve cholesterol for the precise reason um, to keep you alive. And it's vital. It's, It's important for your health. Now, inflammation, you've heard me talk about this word before, has become a bit of a buzzword in the medical field, thanks to shows like this. And it's been linked to many different diseases. One of those diseases is heart disease the same heart disease that cholesterol is often blamed for. So is it the cholesterol causing the problem, or is it the inflammation that's causing the low-density lipoproteins to oxidize and then stick to the artery walls? That's the answer. So what am I getting at? First consider the role of inflammation in your body. In many respects, it's a good thing that your body's natural response uh, to invaders, uh, it perceives as threats, is to cause inflammation. If you cut yourself, for example. The process of inflammation is what allows you to heal. Specifically during inflammation, your blood vessels constrict to keep you from bleeding, to death, of course. Your blood becomes thicker so it can clot. Your immune system sends cells and chemicals to fight viruses, bacteria, germs, all the bad guys that can infect the area. Your cells multiply to repair the damage. Ultimately, the cut is healed and a protective scar is formed over the area. If your arteries were damaged, so imagine this now happening inside your body, A very similar process occurs, except that the scar in your artery is called plaque. Plaque, along with the thickening of your blood and the constricting of your blood vessels that normally occur uh, during an inflammatory process, can indeed increase your risk of high blood pressure and heart attacks. So it's the inflammatory reaction that's the problem. That's, That's where the cholesterol is sticking to the artery walls. Notice that cholesterol has yet to even enter the picture. Haven't even talked about this from cutting yourself yet. So what happens is cholesterol uh, comes in because in order for your damaged cells to repair, it's necessary to remember that no cell can form without cholesterol. So if you have damaged cells, you need to replace them. Your liver will be notified to make more cholesterol to release it into your blood system. This is a deliberate process that takes place in order for your body to produce new healthy cells. Got it? Inflammation occurs, all these other things happen, then, then somebody goes, hey, liver. We need some cholesterol to make these healthy cells to replace the damaged ones. It's also possible and quite common for the damage to occur in your body on a regular basis. So if you have a bad diet, if you smoke, you're eating a lot of alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, artificial sweeteners. On a regular basis, this damage is occurring, and you will be in a dangerous state of what we call chronic inflammation. The test we use to determine chronic inflammation is something called C-reactive protein. When you get your blood work done, I'm going to beg you on my knees, please, I want you to get your C-reactive protein tested. Now, years ago, it wasn't done commonplace. Now we're seeing more and more doctors ordering the C-reactive protein because what C-reactive protein is, it's a level, and it's used as a marker of inflammation in your arteries. So generally speaking, C-reactive protein level under one milligram per liter of blood means you have low risk. One to three uh, milligrams, I'm sorry, means your risk is intermediate and three milligrams or higher, uh, you're at high risk. Even conventional medicine. For years, I've been jumping up and down about C-reactive protein is warming up to the idea that chronic inflammation can trigger heart attacks. But they stop short of putting it all together in most cases. A lot of doctors are coming around now. A lot of doctors listen to this show and say, oh, this finally makes sense now. We test the C-reactive protein. It's high. What do we do about it? we got to find out what's causing the inflammation. And in most cases, it's environmental or diet. So the eyes of conventional medicine, when, you, when they see increased cholesterol circulating in your bloodstream, they conclude that that's the problem, not the underlying damage to your arteries. So the cause of the heart attack, which brings me to my next point, um, the, and there's one lady named Sally Fallon, who's the president of the Weston A. Price Foundation and a Mary Ng Ph.D., Uh, She's an expert in lipid biochemistry. They've gone so far to call high cholesterol an invented disease, a problem that emerged when health professionals learned how to measure cholesterol levels in the blood. And this explains, uh, and this, this is the explanation is what they put the spotlight on. If you have increased level of cholesterol, it's at least in part caused by increased inflammation in your body. So let's assume that the body is generating too much cholesterol. Okay but you have to always look at the fact that the body has too much inflammation. The cholesterol is there to do one job, help protect and heal and repair your body. So all kinds of nasty things can happen to your body. Remember, every single one of your cells needs cholesterol to thrive, including those in your brain. Perhaps this is why low cholesterol wreaks havoc on your psyche. One large study conducted by Dutch researchers found that men with chronically low cholesterol levels showed a consistently high risk of depression. And I see this a lot with my patients on statin drugs. They have depression. Now, it can come from other things too. Your stomach digests proteins, and if your stomach is breaking proteins down into something called amino acids, the amino acid tryptophan becomes serotonin in your brain. If your serotonin levels are low, you can have depression. But now we're looking at statin drugs lowering cholesterol, you may not have enough cholesterol for the body to work properly. This, can be, this may be because cholesterol affects the metabolism of serotonin. <gasps> There's that serotonin again, a substance involved in the re- regulation of mood. On a similar note, Canadian researchers found that those with the lowest quarter of total cholesterol concentration had more than six times the risk of committing suicide as did those with the higher levels of cholesterol. Dozens of studies also support the connection between low or lower cholesterol and even violent behavior. Through this pathway, uh, through the same pathway, cholesterol levels can be lowered, and that can lead to lower brain serotonin, which may in fact lead to increased violence and aggression and depression, which cholesterol levels can be, can be due to, it could be caused by cholesterol levels being too low. So brace yourself. This is what some of the researchers are now saying. Anything under 150, an optimum would be around 200. Now we're saying 200 is, eh, that's kind of a little high now. Now I know what you're thinking, but my doctor tells me my cholesterol needs to be under 200 to be healthy. If you're concerned about your cholesterol levels, taking a drug should be your absolute last resort. Not saying don't take it, but it should should be a last resort. The odds are very high, greater than 100 to one, that you don't need drugs to lower your cholesterol. One in 100 people have the genetic predisposition to high cholesterol and benefit from statin drugs. 99 out of 100, this is what the studies are showing, that if you change your diet and get your liver healthy, the chances are your cholesterol will go back to where it needs to be. Statin drugs work by inhibiting an enzyme in your liver that manufactures cholesterol. What is so concerning is that when you start tinkering around with the delicate working of the human body, you risk throwing everything off kilter. Statin drugs inhibit not just the production of cholesterol, but the whole family of intermediary substances many many, if not all of which are important for biochemical functions in their own right. For example, CoQ10. You may have heard somebody talk about a supplement called coenzyme Q10. I've probably talked about it before. Now, coenzyme Q10 is necessary for normal function. You've gotta get the mitochondria working properly, and mitochondria needs CoQ10. And if you lower your CoQ10, the mitochondria in the cells produce energy. So this is why a lot of people, when they take statin drugs, might have muscle pain, muscle weakness. Rhabdomyolysis is a, is a condition. It's actually um, a, a common side effect of statin drugs, which is thought to occur because the statin drugs um, uh, activate something called uh, atrogen A1 gene, and it plays a key role in muscle atrophy. Once again, it's affecting the mitochondria and these genes. So, by the way, muscle pain and weakness may be an indication that your body tissues are actually breaking down a condition that can cause kidney damage. Statin drug's also been linked to increased risk of polyneuropathy, nerve damage that causes pain in the hands. I see this a lot with patients. As a chiropractor, we see pain patients all the time. Uh, It can cause nerve damage, pains in the hands and feet, trouble walking, dizziness, uh, brain function, cognitive impairment, memory loss, uh, potential risk of cancer increase, a decreased function of the immune system. Depression can occur for this. We talked about that liver problems, including potential increase in liver enzymes. So people taking statin drugs should be, have their regularly monitored liver enzymes done. Now, the CoQ10, and this is interesting. I did a show a long time ago on cholesterol. And one of my friends, he was dating a, a pharmacist at the time. And he called me up. He said, Joey, he says, my girlfriend's a pharmacist. She heard your show this weekend. She called BS on you. I said, what was it about? Well, you said that if you're taking statin drugs, you should also take coenzyme Q10 because the same enzyme that produces cholesterol produces coenzyme Q10. You lower cholesterol, you lower your CoQ10. And I said, okay. He said, but wait, there's more. He said, so she went and looked at the literature and you were absolutely right. And she said she'd never heard that as a pharmacist that you should be taking CoQ10 with cholesterol medications. So now everybody that comes into a pharmacist who has a prescription, she can't change a prescription but she can say, go over there to the supplement section of the pharmacy and get yourself some CoQ10. And I said, that's pretty cool. And then I ran into her and she told me the story. And she said, you were absolutely right. Because I never heard the story before. So I really appreciate you doing that to help me and help my patients or her customers, I guess they are. How to lower inflammation and thereby your risk of heart disease naturally, of course, is what we should be doing. As Americans cut out animal fats from their diets, they're many times left hungry. So what do they do? They eat more processed grains, eat more vegetable oils, eat more high fructose corn syrup, all of which are nutritional disasters. It's the latter type of the diet, the the bad diet that most people eat, the processed foods, that eventually leads to increased inflammation. Now, there's a big move right now. Everybody's talking about plant-based diets. Uh, Burger King and Subway and and Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's are all coming out, uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, all coming out with plant-based versions of their food. I'm happy. They're not health foods, especially the fried chicken, you know, pseudo-chickens. It's still, it's fried. The oils are, uh, create these trans fats, which can then cause infl- inflammatory reactions. But the buzz, the movement, finally, after 35 years I've been pushing this, is going toward a more plant-based diet. But remember, there's a difference between plant-based and vegetarian or vegan. Vegan and vegetarian, you could eat brownies. You could eat cookies and donuts and breads and artificial uh, butters. That's still, plant ba- it's still vegan, but plant-based means you're eating the food as close to nature as possible. So if you're eating a, plant-based, a bad diet, the inflammation and therefore the cholesterol in your body can go up. Remember, you have inflammation. A liver produces cholesterol to produce new cells to fix the damage. So chronic inflammation is actually caused by a bunch of things. Oxidized cholesterol, that's cholesterol that's gone bad, and that happens when you overcook things. Like, for example, scrambled eggs. If you're eating an egg, the less you cook it, the less oxidation or damage occurs to the fats. The more you cook it, like scrambled eggs, the more damage there is to the fats, so it's something that may not be so terrible for you, I'm not saying eat eggs, I'm not a fan of eating eggs, but the more you cook it, the worse it is. Eating lots of sugars and grains, eating foods cooked at high temperatures, We talked about the trans fats, sedentary lifestyle, smoking. How about stress? Stress can raise uh, pressure in the blood. That can raise your blood pressure. The Arteries can then be damaged because there's too much pressure on them. So the body then produces cholesterol to lay down a scab essentially over the damaged area. And if you keep laying down scab after scab after scab, eventually the arteries get smaller and smaller and a piece of that plaque can break off and get stuck in things like your heart, your brain, So there's chemical stress, emotional stress, and physical stress. Chemical stress is your diet. We've talked about diet time and time again. Go to our website, drjoe.com, if you want more information on diets. We talk about physical stress. As a chiropractor, my job is making sure that we get the physical stress under control. If you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, that's an inflammatory reaction. That creates stress. that increases your cortisol levels. Get to the cause of the problem. Chiropractic, most effective, least expensive. Start there. If it doesn't work, we can always work our way around. I don't want to say up or down, around to different areas. And then if you can, the phys- can control the physical and the chemical stress, the emotional stress is easier to deal with. I can't change the fact that you lost your job. I can't change the fact you broke up with your spouse. I can't change the fact a family member died. But I can change the chemical and the physical stress. And then you're able to deal with the emotional stress a lot better. Exciting news, algae. <clears throat> algae-based supplements, algae-based omega-3 fatty acids—they help reduce inflammation. If you go to our website, drjoe.com, we talk about supergreens and essential source being the minimum supplements you should take every day. But I also personally take algae-based omega-3 fatty acids because the purest form of omega-3 fatty acids come from algae. Fish don't produce omega-3 fatty acids. Fish get it from smaller fish who eat smaller fish who eat the algae. So the algae is the purest, unadulterated form of omega-3 fatty acids. And on our website, drjoe.com, we have Dr. Joe's omega-3s. I take them every day. Eat healthy fats. Coconut oil, olive oil, avocados, raw nuts, raw seeds. Gosh, I've talked about that enough. If you're new to the show, I talk about that a lot. Keep the right amount of exercise. When you exercise, you increase your circulation, your blood flow through your body, and the components of your immune system are also better circulated which means your immune system has a better chance of fighting off an illness before it has the opportunity to spread. And if you have an illness, it creates inflammation, which causes damage, which can increase your cholesterol to produce cholesterol to fix the damaged cells. For smoking and drinking, I mean, I don't know how many times I've got to cover that. It's not a good idea to, to get those things out of, get those things out of your life. So, real simple. It's not hard to get your body healthy. Get a good diet. Stay away from the alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. At least cut back on the alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. Eat more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. If you don't know what to eat, on our website, drjoe.com, there's a lecture I did called The Seven Deadly Sins of Nutrition. Listen to that. And there's a follow-up one called So What Can I Eat? It's on our website. It's no charge. Listen to it. Share it with your friends. Minimum supplements. Super greens, essential source, and omega-3 fatty acids when it comes to cholesterol. Most people are also deficient in magnesium, but that's in the super greens, the essential source. And if you're eating a lot of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, you're getting enough magnesium. Why is that important? Magnesium relaxes your blood vessels and takes that stress off the blood vessels so there's less damage to the blood vessels. We have a supplement called Dr. Joe's Nitric Oxide Support, and that opens up the blood vessels as well. Here's the thing i got to warn you about with nitric oxide. I take Dr. Joe's Nitric Oxide Support only in the morning. If I take it at night, I can't get to sleep. Big question I get, Dr. Joe, we're going to do a show on coffee in the next couple of weeks, but people come to me and say, Dr. Joe, when it comes to energy, I have to have my coffee in the morning or else I can't function. And I say, why don't you just take Dr. Joe's adrenal support, nitric oxide support, B-complex, super greens, and essential source? And when they do, they realize it's cheaper than the coffee they're buying and they have more energy and there's no damage. Why wouldn't you do it? And then when it comes to physical stress, of course, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, you need to come see us. If you've ever been in a car accident, ever, if the car was damaged, you were damaged 100% of the time. Don't think you're going to get away with it. If the car was damaged, if you don't have symptoms yet, symptoms can take up to six months before they show up. So people say, well, Dr. Joe, I didn't hurt right away after the accident, but then three months later I started hurting. I went to you or another doctor and they found a lot of damage. And now guess what? The insurance company is saying, we're not going to pay for it because you didn't go right away. Well, I didn't have a problem right away. I don't care. We're not going to pay for it. So you want to get treated right away for you, your friends, your family, and children. If a child has a straight spine, they're probably going to grow straight. If they're crooked, they're going to grow crooked. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're serious about wanting to get well, go to my website right now, drjoe.com. Do it now because you're going to forget otherwise. If you're driving, don't do it. Wait till you stop driving. drjoe.com. And you can book an appointment. You can listen to over 1,000 hours of podcasts, audio and video. Uh, we have blogs that we write. The supplements are all on the website. If you have a question, send it to me through the website. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. But you can book an appointment right online, drjoe.com, the Atlanta area of offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. Tell your friends about the show. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well.